Hey, thanks again for uh, joining together to, to learn about God's word, to grow in his spirit, to worship and, and just commune with him. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about cherishing relationships and we've been looking at all kinds of relationships. Um, but today we're going to be looking at that relationship that is most valuable to us and that is our relationship with God. If you've been around Crosstown for any amount of time, you know that I had a love affair that I had to give up a year ago. It was with my 2017 Subaru Outback. Oh, she was beautiful. I put a two-inch lift kit on it, skid plates, giant BF Goodrich KO2 tires, big knobs sticking out of the wheel wells, light bars. The thing was perfect, and, and it would go anywhere a Jeep would dare to go, I would take my Subaru Outback, and it was absolutely a blast. And when I would drive it, people with Jeeps would, would wonder why I was even there. But that, that baby was just awesome. But then I hurt my back, and I had to give it up uh, because the suspension was too stiff. So for the last year, I've been driving a super soft, cushy car to kind of give my back some time to heal. But the wilderness began calling me again. Bad back and everything. So I'm starting a new project. I'm looking to find an old GX470 or GX460 and then jack it up on about three inches of lift and then hit the wilderness again. I know you're wondering, this is crazy. You know, what would it look like? What is it? Well, you know, it would be loaded with everything. It would have big tires. It would have gas tanks on, on the back. It would have a swing gate. It would have a tent up on the top so that we could do camping. This thing would just be loaded with a, a tow hitch, with a winch, and all the other different things that go into making a really cool vehicle that can go anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it will be nice if I get the opportunity to do this. But, you know, it's not called 4 by 4 anymore or four-wheeling. Uh, it's now called overlanding. Yeah, and this is different than, than maybe what you're visualizing in your mind. It's designing and then using a self-contained vehicle system for transversing difficult and remote terrain. It's, it's kind of like developing a car that, or a vehicle that has everything built into it and has incredible capabilities for off-road, can go through mud, rocks, and, and just everywhere, and ready for every situation that you can camp in, that you can cook in, you can just live out of the vehicle. And they, they call it overlanding. It's for going through terrain that normally you can't get to or go to. So when you take a vehicle like the GX460 or the, the Subaru Outback back and begin to modify it, people who are in the overlanding world call it a build. You start with your basic car and you start working on it and you start modifying it so that it has the ability to do this overlanding um, uh, terrain that you want to go on. You know, with life I've learned that you can't always choose the terrain, but you can build for the ride. And this is exactly what God had Israel do when he called them out of Egypt. Now, I know your wife just turned to you and said uh, something like, uh, there's no way this idiot is going to connect overlanding and his, uh, his build of this vehicle uh, to God in any kind of way. Well, can I just say, adjust your suspension, sister? 
uh, we're going for a ride. Like the uncommon terrain that we're on right now, Israel had no idea where their journey was going to take them. They had no idea how long it was going to last. All they knew was that it was going to be difficult. So God has them do a build for the journey. I mean, he actually has them put together something for the journey so that they can face all kinds of terrain, all kinds of difficult situations. So God gives Moses, in the book of Exodus, he gives them the build. And he had them build a tent where the people would worship and where they would sacrifice, where they would come together and they would fellowship and encounter the very presence of God. A part of this build included the famed Ark of the Covenant that, that Indiana Jones goes and gets from the Nazis. It's where the pillar of fire by night and the cloud of God by day would rest. Then they were told that wherever the cloud or the pillar of fire led them, that they would follow it. So that it was not only a place for gathering, it was a, a place of leadership where God directed them and, and gave them insight for their lives. And then we're also told that there was a rock of refreshing that followed them, that wherever they went. Now, we don't know how this happened. We don't know if there was actually a rock that, um, by the power of God, followed them, that water came out of, or everywhere they went, there was a particular rock that they would be instructed to go to that God would miraculously bring water out of. But here's what we're told out of 1 Corinthians 10 by the Apostle Paul. He said, "'For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers,' that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate of the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. See, they had this self-contained um, system for traversing difficult terrain and obstacles in their life and all the challenges that came at them. And what I'm calling overlanding, they called tabernacling, meaning that they built this tabernacle as a way of staying in relationship with God. They, they, they had this build that they were a part of to build this, this uh, place of meeting with God so that no matter how difficult life was, they could meet with him and receive refreshing and direction and insight and fellowship and communion with God and with one another. See, they couldn't always pick the terrain. They couldn't always pick the difficulties or the direction that they were going, but they could build their relationship with God for the ride. So let's push my four by four dreams aside for a moment because we've all landed on some rather unusual terrain. So since none of us want to be on this terrain, the question is, is have we been and are we today building for the ride? Since we didn't pick where we are, um, have we been building to be able to handle the terrain that we're on? Or, or are we building for tomorrow's terrain? Or more specifically, are we tabernacking with God? I mean, are we actually building our lives in such a way where we can meet with God, where we can learn from his word, where we can grow in relationship with him? Are we following the leading of the spirit of God wherever he directs us? How often are we drinking from the rock that is Christ? 
How often are we nourishing ourselves on this difficult terrain that we're in? See, the times that we're in are going to need more than a bouncy castle and church coffee bar kind of build. Maybe over the last decade, we've been able to afford going to churches like Crosstown where we could have everything that we like. All the air conditioning's just right. The coffee that's served is wonderful. The greeters know exactly what to say. Nice little bag. When you're a visitor, you come. There's a bouncy castle for your kids so that your kids can enjoy it. We make sure that we have high-def screens for you so that you can um, see everything that's going on just perfectly. But you know... Uh, the times that we're moving in are going to require um, something with a little bit more axle to it. Uh, l- let me just tell you what I mean. I was looking at my son's son-in-law, my son-in-law's cool Toyota 4Runner the other day. He's got a really nice one. It's, it's really stout. And he has some really big tires on it and some cool wheels. And I was wondering if I could fit them on my cushy car. You know, to kind of, I mean, this may not be a right expression, but to kind of man it up a little bit, you know? Kind of get some beefy, knobby uh, wheels, I mean, tires on it and some, some black wheels. And, and, and so I was looking at it, and I was sitting there, not that I was going to steal them, but I was considering maybe taking one of them off and putting it on my car to see what it would look like. I noticed that his, his wheels wouldn't fit. And the reason why is that my wheel axle and hub, my wheels attach with just five lugs, okay? Five screws attach and hold my wheel on. But his requires six lugs. And what does that mean? It means that his vehicle's axle is heavy duty. It means his build is designed for off-road. It meant that just slapping some big tires And black wheels on your car doesn't mean you're ready to overland. And I really think that God is just challenging us as Christians that we've afforded such luxury to be able to do church. But now we're finding out of whether or not we have the right build. Where are we building something that could go over all terrain, all incidents of our lives, all the challenges that we encounter? Or or were we just somebody with a, with a belief system that just had really cool wheels and tires, but really wasn't designed for a more difficult overland journey? You see, just going to a cool church two weeks out of four a month or watching online once in a while doesn't produce a tabernacle family build. You know, we have to go beyond the status quo vehicle that drives off the church lot. We have to get passionate to build for the journey ahead. And I I know some of you think, well, you're totally crazy about this car thing. Why can't you just take the car that's handed to you that everybody else buys off the lot and just be happy with that? It's because I want my car to be able to go someplace else where your car can't go. I want to be ready for all terrain. I mean, I want to be ready for floods. I want to be ready for for sand and for dirt and for mud and all the situations I can face. And the question is today is, are we building our faith in such a way? Is Is it a build that can sustain all terrain? Since right now we're on terrain that we all don't want to be a part of. See, Moses and the people of Israel built for the wilderness, 
God had them do a build for the wilderness by creating the tabernacle, which would supply all their needs while they were making this journey. And I, I know some of you are saying, hey, Baco, uh, that was the Old Testament. Me and Jesus are doing real cool together. Well, the verse that I read earlier was from the New Testament, and it was actually written to Christians who were thinking tabernacling was not necessary. Let me finish reading that same verse. Now, these things took place as examples for us. He's saying that what we're going to hear about Moses and the people of God and how they either tabernacled or didn't tabernacle, how they built for the journey for overlanding or didn't build is an example for us so that we can check our own lives. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You see, when the terrain got rough and the journey got long, some of them just decided to stop tabernacling. They just decided, listen, I... I'm not following any longer. I'm not packing up the tent. I'm not following the cloud. I'm not drinking from the rock. I'm not going to follow the pillar. I'm not meeting in, in the tabernacle. I'm just going to sit right here, and I'm going to drink what I've got, and I'm going to rise up, and I'm just going to play. Paul continues. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And in 23 uh, and 23,000 fell in a single day, that their demise happened quickly. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So it's, this, is, this is serious. Uh, all this was written down, not because, well, it sucks to be Israel or it sucks to be Moses or it sucks to be those people. He was like, no, that's what happened when they decided that they were no longer going to tabernacle with God, that they were no longer going to build for the terrain and for the journey that God had called for them. And they decided they were just going to sit down and kick back and just play. Paul continues and he says, therefore, speaking directly to us, therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. See, this is not the time to give up your Christian build. This is not the time for you to decide, I'm just going to kick back and I'm just going to kind of blow off the whole church, God, Bible, seeking after God, prayer, meeting with God's people, meeting with God. This is not the time for us to be doing it. This is the time for us to cherish our relationship with God and our family's relationship with God. 
I mean, because as parents, how we're going is also bringing along the loved ones that we live with. The Apostle Paul said this, take heed lest you fall. I mean, that's a call to action. He's telling them, take a look at your build. Take a look at what you're putting together. Take a look at your life. Now, I mean, are you just driving around in a sedan with Christian-looking tires on it, or are you actually building something that is robust and resilient, able to face all terrains and, and all kinds of conditions that we may sociologically experience together or personally in our lives? Um, you just can't slap mud tires on and think you're ready to go. You can't just pray a prayer when times get tough and expect everything to work out. Are you building your relationship with God? Paul said, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And what that means is that rough terrain happens to everyone. There's nobody that is inoculated to it. There's nobody that can avoid it. Rough terrain happens to everyone's life. But we are also told by Paul that God is faithful. He will not give up on you in the midst of this journey. But you have to follow his leading. You have to walk in his word. You gotta drink of his empowerment. You gotta fellowship with his people. You gotta continue going this journey of overlanding, of tabernacling with God and, and walking with God. And, and, and we will find the faithfulness of God as we continue to journey with him. And he finishes up and he says this, he will also provide the way of escape for every single one of us. Well, what is the way of escape? It's your build. It's your overlanding with God. It was the tabernacle. It was the gathering together where the people could go and commune with God and with the spirit in the tabernacle, where they could meet with each other, where they could encourage each other, where they could give into each other's lives, where they could overcome hopelessness and loneliness. They could receive direction from the inside of God and God's people. He said that was their way of escape, was that they could, the build that God had had them create and their faithfulness to that build. You know, right now, most churches that have been reopened are having less than 20% attendance. And I get it. We're going to try to open up next week, and we may find out that we can't, um, depending on what reports we get from the city and from uh, medical professionals. But I get it. Not everybody's, you know, healthy enough or ready to go back to church. Um, so less than 20%. Most churches, including ours, and um, their services and sermons are being viewed only by 10% of those who don't attend. So we've got only 20% going back, and then out of the rest that don't go back, only 10% of them um, are even watching anything about God. So where are all the other people? Now, if they're all meeting in a small group someplace and serving the Lord together and doing missional outreach. Cool, I love it. I mean, it doesn't have to happen in Crosstown. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, if they found somebody else online and they're listening to somebody, you know, and they're growing in their faith, that's great. If they are meeting with their families and keeping the Sabbath holy, man, fantastic. I salute you. Continue on that build. But if we have sat down to eat and drink 
and risen up to play, then the terrain is going to swallow us. See, COVID-19 won't necessarily destroy us. Racism doesn't have to necessarily destroy us. Ungodliness won't necessarily destroy us. But godlessness, that will allow anything to destroy us. American statistics are revealing the quality of our build, what we call Christian in America. With the dramatic increase of mental illness and mental illness-related prescriptions over the last three months, alcohol consumption, pornography usage, domestic violence, um, gastric disorders and other physical disorders as a result of trying to manage stress. What are all these things telling us? Is that for most Americans, we have just tried to put big Christian looking tires and really cool wheels on a build that really doesn't tabernacle with God. For a lot of us, we're finding out that what we're really working on can't take us through the whole journey. You can't always choose the terrain, but you can build for the ride. A Percocet and a glass of wine is not going to get you and your family through. It may make you feel better during the day, but it's not going to complete the journey for you. Or we can tabernacle with God. We can get passionate about what we're building with God. That whether it's just with our families or with other families in our church family or gathering online or gathering in our churches, that we can begin to tabernacle with God and to grow in our relationship with him, to continue to take ownership of our, of our faith and to build for the journey. As, as David said in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And God responds in Hosea 14, and they shall return and dwell beneath my shadow and they shall flourish like the grain and they shall blossom like the vine. There is hope for every one of us. There is hope for our families. There is hope for America. But the hope is found in our build. What are we building? What are we constructing? What are we setting our hearts to be about? Are we building our relationship with God? Are we building for the journey with him, to walk with him? to fellowship with him, to learn from him, to be led by him, to drink of the refreshing waters that come through the spirit of God in our lives. Are we setting aside time every Sunday or whatever day you have designated to be holy unto the Lord, to be your Sabbath? Are we gathering in the family? Are we creating a family tabernacle build? Or if you're single, are you creating time where you and God get alone? 
and your soul is refreshed? And are you dedicated to that build? And everybody else may think you're crazy. And everybody else thinks maybe you should take the path of, 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 of um, trying to build the democratic way or, or build the Republican kind of way or build the white kind of way or build the black kind of way or all the other kinds of ways that we can build our society or our lives. Or we can begin to build what God has called us to build. We can begin to tabernacle with him. We can begin to overland this terrain of inequality, of illness, sickness, fear, joblessness, the threat outside and inside of our lives. And we can build in such a way that we can dwell in the shadow of the Almighty that we can know refreshing in the middle of difficult times, that we can flourish in our grain, in our lives, and that we can even blossom when the terrain is rough. So in the midst of the sobering word for every single one of us, and as we move into this time of expressions, if you're like me, maybe you've dropped your guard for a while. Maybe the fatigue did it to you. Maybe binge watching too many shows to try to get your mind off the world. Maybe just deciding, you know, I'm just gonna put the boat in every Sunday and, and I just don't get around to God. Maybe that is somehow distracted you. Maybe pain or sorrow of the state of affairs or maybe hopelessness has compressed you so much that you just can't build any longer. Let's return to God. Let's humble ourselves before him. And, and I love what it says in, in Chronicles about us, that we humble ourselves before God, turn from our wicked ways, confess our sins, that we seek God with all of our hearts, that he'll heal our land. What is he, what is he talking about? That we get back to the build. We get back to tabernacling with God, with overlanding the terrain of life with the wisdom of God, the power of God, the spirit of God, the refreshing of Christ, and with the people of God. Let's return and once again, build what God wants to build in our lives. Let me encourage you as we go into this moment of prayer and then into worship. I've, I've never asked you to do this before, but I'm gonna ask you to do this because most of you are listening right now and, and, and maybe you're the, you're that percentage that listens a lot. But maybe you need to post this message on your Facebook page or your Instagram or whatever social media that you've got to maybe challenge those around you to come on back. Come on back to building with God, to fellowshipping with God's people, to build, to face the future so that we can reimagine and that we can build together with the leadership of God. Father, Today, I once again dedicate myself and my family. And I declare as the words of Joshua were said that as for me and my house, we're gonna build, we're gonna tabernacle, we're gonna overland with God in our lives. So today we return to you to cherish you more than anything else in our lives.